show up. Because uh, it's give away a lot of money for 20th. Here, comes the money. <laughs> Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. All right, morning, evening, and afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. And we are back with the best bets of the week today. Once again, I'm joined by Ben Scott at Quack Golf. Ben, there's a little tear coming out of your eye after the last few weeks. How are you doing? I'm I'm stressed. Honestly, this is this is what it feels like to be in a gambling hole. If anything, this series is just going to be the greatest advert for do not chase your losses ever. Just... If anybody's able to see the bit. If anybody's able to see my background right, right now, it's us. It's the guy that was jumping off the pier in Galway during the during the storm, and that's a little bit how I felt on Sunday morning when Moran couldn't get it done. Um, we were flat out texting Ben. Actually, before we jump on any further, how was your time in Dubai? Let's start off in a bright note. It was good. It was very good. Um, would highly recommend it as an event to go to. Um, limited enough crowds was easy enough to follow Rory on the Sunday. Uh, parked ourselves on 17 and we're right beside Moronk when he fluffed his chip. Uh, it was good, yeah. It's a great, great event, good field, not too big of crowds, good fun altogether. Anything in particular that you saw? Any players that stood out? Any, um, I don't know, anything at all? Any big takeaways? Uh, well, I've one, one of the players that uh, I have selected for this week. I've merely selected because I was talking to his wife for nine holes and she was a lovely person. So I was like, you know what? That man is, that's any good enough reason to get into my stable for the week. Uh, it's probably better than the statistical research that we've been doing over the last <laughs> few weeks. So maybe, maybe we're best off going with something like that. But let's jump into exactly what happened last week. We'll start over from the DP World Tour. Um, Okay, as we know, we, two weeks ago, Shani asked, is Tommy Fleetwood a bottler? And Tommy Fleetwood goes and wins. Last week, Ben, you said, do we have a bit of a situation? We're closing with Rory, and he goes and wins last week. I have to say now, he did not make it easy coming down the stretch on Sunday. I felt like he got a little bit shaky towards the end. Moron got back to one shot when Rory's in the lead by three. Maybe no. a little bit of an issue still there under the surface. Nobody really wanted it on Sunday. And I think if someone had chased after him, it would have been a completely different story. As it was, it looked great. Rory cruised to victory. But if someone had gone low in those last couple of groups, then there would have been a real a real question mark around Rory. But look, he did what he had to do. Yeah, that's all, that's all we can really ask for. I think oh, my, my questions still linger, similar to last week's podcast, about how sustainable Rory is going to be under the pressure coming down the stretch. Like that... The ball that he put behind the tree on whatever 14 toll, and he had to kind of pitch it out, and he just barely got it out like 10 yards. Yeah. Or the one that I actually was up against tree, he was very lucky with that. And it's just that sort of stuff that makes people doubt if he's ever going to win another major championship again. But uh, time will tell. Um, we okay, just from an Irish perspective, because I want to close this out pretty quick. Tom McKibben finished tied for 14th. And I tweet this out. Tom McKibben's last four starts. T67 at the Australian PGA. T51 at the Australian Open. T25 Dubai Invitational. And T14 last week. He is trending in the right direction. Did you manage to see any of him over there in Dubai? Yeah, I saw him quite a bit. Um, I will say it's his first few events with a new manufacturer as well. He's just hit the ground running with Callaway. So normally it takes players bit of time to bet in but he doesn't seem to have any issue and yeah i'm sure he is set for a big year this year 
100%. The other person who might have an issue, I probably should have mentioned this from the start, but Cameron Young shot 74 on Sunday. What did he have a three, two shot lead going into Sunday? He was on 14 under Roy's on 12. Yeah. And he was just, he's just a bit all over the place. He didn't hit many fairways, didn't miss a lot of short putts. I also saw him take a chunk out of the green on 17 or 18 on Saturday, which wasn't a good look. I'm not sure if he'll be back to the desert next year. No, like I went on rickrungo.com, missed putts from three foot, six inches, five foot, nine inches, six foot and six foot, eight inches. Four putts within seven feet on Sunday that he did not make one of them. Like just looked very, very shaky with the putter in his hand. Borderline Will Zalatoris-esque. Um, oh, come on, he's not that bad. Uh, that one from three foot six inches that he had for a top in birdie and think the par five where he stuck a wedge I could not believe that he missed that like that was shambolic I I probably would have made that I'm probably one of the worst putters in Ireland but we we uh, actually watched him hit into that hole and we walked on because we were like okay that's a gimme birdie and then we were like we were trying to figure out what what had happened but yeah wild enough Heard the gasps. We'll recap quickly on the, the, B, the DP World Tour bets. I'll go first. I'm not sure if you have yours in front of you. Adrian Moronk did not win. He had a T2 finish. Jordan Smith did not win. T41. Ryan Fox, T31, did not win. Moronk was the only one to finish inside top 20 for my top 20 accumulator. Fox had an awful finish on Sunday when he shot 74. He actually was looking good. He was T21 going into Sunday. Jordan Smith flirted with it. Got to T21 at one stage, but shot 74 and 73 over the weekend. Uh, ben, do you want to recap on I, your bets? Honestly, I've no idea what I backed, but I just know that they all missed the cut. And <laughs> the what was the name of the guy I backed for uh, to lead after the first round? Uh, Yannick Paul. Yannick Paul certainly did not lead after the first round, so we can just move swiftly on to this week. I think. Oh yeah, bookies are terrified. We're gonna <laughs> make the bookies lose a lot of money. Okay, we'll just quickly jump onto the American Express just to recap on that because I did have one bet there. But listen, this has turned into a shit show. Like Nick Dunlap won. He didn't take home any money, but he shot 60 in round three to help him. This gets him into the Masters where he turns pro or not. He gets into signature events if he turns pro. I saw this tweet from Jason, um, Jason Sobel over the weekend. The last three winners, Chris Kirk, Grayson Murray, Nick Dunlap, if you put one dollar on Kirk at two hundred to one, and then rolled it over to put one dollar on Grace and Murray at four hundred to one, and rolled over again to put the dollars on Dunlap at three hundred fifty one, you'd have made twenty eight million dollars in the first three weeks of the PGA Tour season, and I think that just pretty much sums up where we are right now. Wild, wild for an amateur to win that. Also, that I saw that he just pulled out of the Farmers Insurance. Like, come on, man. Like, okay, I know you just won an event, but come on, they've given you an invite there. Can't be that hard to go play another week. Listen, he needs to get home, clean out his dorm room, get ready to turn pro, start signing yeah. contracts. He has big money to make. I don't think he's he's pulling out of the farmer's insurance like the way farmer's insurance pulled out on Ricky. <laughs> but just jumping down that leaderboard really quick. JT and Xander both finished T3. Nice to see JT making a little bit of a return. It's four straight measured events in which he's gained strokes and approach. So the iron play is definitely back and fired there. And Sam Burns, I don't know what you've seen. I didn't see one shot of this because I had thrown my bet slips in the fire. But Sean, Sam Burns finished T6, 
shot a double and a bogey to finish his last two holes. That was, it was just really, really bad. I saw it on the highlights on YouTube. You think all you'd, all you'd have to do with an amateur coming down the stretch is just put a little bit of pressure on him, not shooting double on the 17. Like that's, that's very un-Sam Burns-like, in my opinion. So, um, so three out of Sam Burns' last five wins has been when he's been winning the top two of the leaderboard, entering the final round. Always seems to be really competitive and putting up to the leader. And a lot of the time he does get over the line. And for him to finish double bogey, bogey finish, just really, really uncharacteristic. But yeah. i tell you what's more characteristic than anything is me losing billies on these events. The plug live with 7.5 billies each way on Tom Kim, who finished missed cut after a 69, 71 and 65. Absolutely disgusting. Um, my final bet from last week, if anybody's been counting how many billies I've lost, it's not a million. It's only 100 for the week. But Leona Maguire shot a 72, 72, 72, 68 to finish tied for, I think, 14th. And I had 7.5 billies each way on Leona. That did not come true. Ben, my only question here is, who? what's more likely to happen? Is Rory McIlroy more likely to win two majors or is Leona Maguire more likely to win one major? What, this year? Uh, in the next 10 years. So, um, I think McIlroy is going to win the Masters and then win a couple more after that. I think once he gets the monkey off his back. So... He's not finished yet. I'm all aboard, all aboard the train. I got so hurt last year, but I'm back on board. I'm ready to get hurt again. Choo-choo. We are leaving the high train this week, and we are getting ready for Augusta National Golf Club. <laughs> I'm on it with you. I'm a little bit concerned about Leona Maguire, but I'm not going to jump into this too much of this podcast because I have my own shit to sort out first. Um, Okay, quick two-minute bulletin. New segment on the show that we started last week. The Covering It Bulletin are two... Top three favorite headlines of the week. Um, last week, this got off to a rocky start, but we're doing better segues this week, Ben. Um, yeah. Taylor made, I'm sure you saw this. They launched a new trademark for Sunday Red. Did you get to see this? It looks like I hate the logo, despise it. I actually think it looks a little bit like Greg Norman's logo, like same kind of style of animal with the kind of large lines. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I don't hate it. I. I think it could be kind of cool. Yeah, maybe it grows and be coming as coming over the next few weeks or months, but it just seemed like so forced. I feel like they could have done something way fresher with like a tiger's face or a tiger like really going through the would, jungle. Like, what was the name of Tiger's head cover again? No, you know, you, you know the you know the tiger head cover he has. Yeah, yeah, like Nike brought out a couple of items where it was the the logo was just the head cover. I think he's got a name for it. That was a really fresh logo. I would love to see that on apparel, but I reckon Nike got that one locked down. Frank. Is that the name of it? Frank, yeah. Frank the head cover. Never knew that. There you go. This is why people listen to this show, not for our, not for our picks. <laughs> That's headline number one. Never, headline number two. We touched on this last week. Yasser, the man who is the head of Live Golf, is in a $74 million lawsuit for kidnapping a ex-intelligence chief officer of the Saudi Ara- of Saudi Arabia. I don't know how deep we want to get in this, but we'd be ridiculous not to mention it. I don't want to get too deep, but I have a, have a great fact about Saudi Arabia for you. Love it. Let's hear it. So originally the country was just called Arabia. Um, I've forgotten. No, the, the either the crown prince at the time or whoever was... 
basically i think a radiant wait no no we're just going to cut this out i've forgotten completely what the <laughs> fact was the name the name of the uh family is saudi and they're the saudi family of arabia we're just going to cut that one out next bullet <laughs> next bullet please Okay, next one. Please don't cut that out. <laughs> we'll get it next week. Okay, don't cut it out. Okay, bulletin number three. Um, I have a few here. Oh, we'll jump quickly back to the table. It could be two point B. Nikolai and Tommy Fleetwood turned down tens of millions of dollars to join John Ram's team. That was released by the Telegraph last week, I think, by John Corrigan once again. Like tens of millions, what do we think they're offered each? 60 million? 40 million each I'd say somewhere between 50 and 100 but like I, d I don't know if, if you're Tommy Fleetwood and you've made so much money in your career there there is a certain point of diminishing returns where more money you can't do anything more and that's what John Ram always said all the way and then eventually he went so it's either you get offered 500 million and it changes the, your whole world or you don't bother going and you keep your morals yeah love it Sweet. Okay, Ben, we are 12 minutes into this podcast. Let's jump on to what's happening in the world of golf this week. We have the Raz Al-Qaima Championship and DP World Tour, the Farmers Insurance Open on the PGA Tour, and the LPGA Drive-On Championship on the LPGA Tour. Any particular tournament that you want to start with here? Um, Once again, all my research has gone into the Rack Championship, or whatever that is called. So... I'm I'm gone heavy with my bets. I've got one bet on the PGA Tour, and I'm gonna leave the LPA LPGA Tour to you. Love it. Okay, let's let's just quickly mention what is happening over on the DP World Tour. It's going back. Hey, listen, I was close to going back to the well. Jordan Smith finished second here in 2022, but he broke my heart last week, so he is not getting near my betting card. Do you want to go first with your bets for the rather? For, sure. <laughs> let's just call it the rack. R rack. Um, the limited amount of research I've done. Uh, it's basically a bomber's course, which I think is pretty sloppy journalism for anyone that writes that because I'm pretty sure every golf course is a bomber's golf course these days. The, the world of golf has just changed. So with bombers in mind, and as I mentioned earlier, a very nice wife who I chatted to for nine holes, I've gone with the handsome Dane that is Nicholas Norgard, who is the pictured behind me. Um, he played for two rounds with my golfer Zanotti. He absolutely bombed it over corners he took lines that Zanotti was certainly not taking um he made it to the weekend had a bad Saturday and had an okay finish finished in kind of the 60s but Nicholas Norgard at 50 to 1 my first pick 10 billies each way love that I so what was his wife saying Is his wife saying in particular like he's been working or he's been trying to impress the boys in the plugged in podcast or he just said, yeah, if he can get a shout out, it would really kind of drive him on. And uh, he's doing it for Denmark. So I thought, why not? That one's for you. Um, just out of pure curiosity, what what were you talking about? Were you talking about golf? Were you talking about the beauty of Dubai? Uh, a bit of everything, like what events she goes to, is asking about a job, um, who who they go tra like who they travel with, who they go out for dinner with, all that sort of stuff. Just chit chat as we were going around, but she was very nice. And, uh, and yeah, he just, he, he, honestly, what did it for me is he had a, he had a really nice pair of, uh, linen trousers on the Friday, uh, like 
kind of like a, a sandy kind of brown. And I just thought, yeah, he's that's a touch of class. Um, often, <laughs> often those Nordic golfers are, and I just, yeah, I like his trousers. And I thought that's that's going to do it for me. Forget all the strokes gained data. Forget all the trends. <laughs> We're just going by the look of their trousers from now on. Okay, that's your first bet. Any other bets on the DP? How many billies are you putting on that? Uh, that is a tenner each way on Billy's on Nicola, Nicholas Norgard Moller. Um, okay, sticking with the Nordic theme and a bomber. Um, at 71, 70 to one, I'm going to back Jesper Svensson. So he's a Challenge Tour graduate out of Sweden. Uh, hits the ball really far. He's had a second in South Africa at the start of the season um, in December. He made the cut last week. He's been playing some good golf, and I think he's... He's definitely, I think he's going to win this year. He looks like a really talented golfer. I think he's only 25, 26. So that is Jesper Svensson at 70 to 1, 10 billies each way. Sticking with my bombers, uh, Alejandro Del Rey, who had a good week last week, hits the ball really far for a little fella. Um, if it wasn't for a bad Saturday, I think he could have been in the shakeup. So I've got 10 billies each way on him at 30, 31. That's my third bet. Fourth, um, I wanted this guy to have better odds because he played well at rack last year. He played okay uh, this weekend and played okay. Has been playing pretty good. I've got Xander Lombard, who's 20 to 1. Um, mm -hmm. I thought he might be longer odds because he's not a prolific winner, but the field isn't the strongest this week on, on the DP World Tour. Love that. So that's your four bets for this week. That's my four bets on the DP World. I've also backed the DP World. Min Woo Lee at 20 to 1, 10 or each way, just because he he's just on fire these days. He's electric. I love watching him play. On and off Instagram. Okay, sweet. Okay, I'm Ben. We are changing up my strategy completely for this week. I'm so fed up of seeing all these 300 to 1 and 400 to 1 winners that this week we are going for consistency. And we're starting off with a top 20 accumulator. It's Young Guns. 15 billies at 8.75 to 1. Number one, the first player in it is Tom McKibben. Thir missed cut 36 here in his last two starts, but that 36 was last year when he's playing a lot, and he's playing a lot better now. And like I mentioned, his last four starts, he's T67, T51, T25, T14. He was third in strokes gain off the, off the tee in Dubai. I was close to picking him out right at 33 to 1, but I said no. And the second player in that accumulator is Alex Fitzpatrick, 120th in the OWGR. He has three top 20 finishes in a row now. T18 at the Australia PGA Championship, T8 at the Australian Open, and T16 at the Hero Dubai Desert Classic. Both of them the top 20 at 8.75 to 1. Young guns galore. This new wave is just built different out here. Hot okay. take, hot take. Alex Fitz will win more majors than his brother in his career. Wow. I tweeted out that I think he's going to win multiple times in the DP World Tour this year. I think he, he looks like a really good player. Like Even last week when he was in contention, he just seemed to hold it all pretty well together. He hovered around the, mind, the eight under mark. Last year at the Open Championship, he was top 10 or top 6 after three rounds and did not let it go. He kept competing all the way down the stretch. He seems like a real grinder and a really nice guy and good friends with John Murphy as well. So if we can rub off some of the look of the Irish with him, yeah. um, he can definitely get that done. But that's a good take. I like that one a lot. All right. Second, I want to keep moving here. Second accumulator, two players, top 20, 15 billies at 5.6 to 1. 
this isn't even going to make me money on the week if this comes through. But anyways, Torbjorn Allison, the Dane was fourth in this event last year. And his last six t- starts in the DP World Tour, he has posted four top tens. And I'm accumulating that with the one and only back from the Live Tour, Mr. Bernd Wiesberger. So Ben Coley did a little bit of a write-up about him earlier. He was plus four through nine on Thursday last week. And he finished tied for 21st. He's seven, seventh and 11th in his two starts before that. And he has only one start here with a missed cut. But listen, I'm happy to take him after finishing T21 last week. That's 15 billies at 5.6 to 1. Still going to lose me money, but <laughs> at least we can have some sort of a winning bet finally on this podcast. <laughs> okay, that's that. Um, I'm just going to keep flying through these because I didn't realize I'd so many. Okay, I'll just name them real quick. Keegan Bradley, five billies each way at 25 to one. Keegan Bradley can win. He's a good driver of the golf ball. There's more putts missed at Torrey Pines inside like 10 feet than on a typical PGA Tour course. His putting issues might not be as exemplified here as they are in other places. Harris English, I'm going five billies each way on him at 40 to one. Okay, we're going to keep smashing these plays and bets. Top 20 accumulator. Max Homa, Sepp Straka, and Keegan Bradley at 15.39 to 1 for 15 billies. Sepp Straka, I'm going to mention him in particular. He's a Ryder Cup star now. He's 12th at the Century Tournament Champions. Three top, three top 32s in his last four starts here. And he's had good TD Green game over the last few weeks. That's from Chris Eubank on Twitter. He inspired me to take that one. So I'm going those three players, top 20, 15.39 billies. Okay. Then we have two mad bets. Joseph Brown, the top 10, 12 to 1, 15 billies. Luke List won here at Torrey Pines in 2021. The course is supposed to be absolutely saturated this week with downpour of rain. So we're expecting the course to play a lot longer. Joseph Bramlett is a bomber off the tees, an awesome long iron player, a sneaky good short game. It's famous last words, but hey, if he can get the putter to work this week, top 10 at 12 to 1, 15 billies. I like those odds. And then the final one on the PGA Tour is Semi Kaua. That's just, this is brought in by the Golf Gambler on Twitter. Top 10, 15 billy. So I asked him earlier on Twitter for his case for Semi Kaua this week. I think he's like 250 to 1 outright. And these were his words. Huge ceilings, huge ceiling, mega talented and multiple winner on the Japanese Tour. His driving is excellent. He ranks highly in ranking in driving distance. And I like that he's had a look here and made the cut. He was going three back going into the final round of Sony and only one hole spoiled his finish at the American Express. 14 to 1, top 10, 15 billies. Love that. Sounds like a lot more measured research went into yours rather than picking the guy with the nice trousers. And hey, listen, neither of these... (laughs) Neither of these tools are correct or better than the other because listen, I've been doing this research for weeks now and <laughs> no returns. Okay, briefly, I'm, I'll just take up two more minutes of our time then, Ben, and we are out of it because I want to mention the LPGA Tour. Celine Aboutier is a defending champion. She defeated Georgia Hall in the playoff last year and went on to win three more times throughout the season, including the major Evian Championship. My hope here is that this tournament can kick people on to go and win more it's being played on par 72 at just over 60 6500 yards long okay there's a girl here called alexa pano and i'm putting 2.5 billies each way at 70 to 1 
She finished solo second last week to take her to 78th in the world ranking. She was four, ranked 402nd best lady golfer in the world last August. And she won as an LPGA Tour rookie. Finishing second last week, 70 to 1, 2.5 billies each way. I'm going on Alexa Pano. Okay. I like that, Mark. <clears throat> Any billies on the transgender golfer? Because there's got to be some short odds. Is the transgender golfer in the field this week? No, no. The, uh, the, the, she was playing in, it's like a, some other smaller tour, but trying to get to the LP, LPGA tour. That is, that's a, that's a podcast in itself right there, that topic. That is a whole can of worms. I did see this. Um, I'm not sure how political we want to get on this podcast, but bloody hell. Like I saw Eddie Pepperell tweeting out the other day that ladies need to take a stand now or else this is going to become the norm in the LPGA Tour. Yeah. I tend to agree with him because what happens 10 years down the line and we have 15 and the lady golfers like Lily Avu, Lydia Cole, Nelly Corda, and they're all just being dominated by these um, transgender golfers that yeah that was well tiptoed around there mark listen on that note we will leave it there for this week i want to thank everybody for joining week four of the plugged in podcast we're getting better at these segues getting better at these introductions just not getting better at these bets but we will be back here like next week ben thank you for again for joining this week should mark chat to you later give away a lot of money for 20th here we go money talk here comes the money